I want to kick things off tonight with a question. The question is pretty simple. What do you think it means to live the good life? You could throw that good life in air quotes, but the good life. What image or vision comes to mind? Like, how do you picture it? When I'm talking about the good life, I'm probably talking about the kind of life that might get that hashtag blessed, right? It's the kind of life that you really, really want. Even if you've never articulated an answer to this question, we all have a vision of what that life is and is like. And our answer to that question might not be the same, but we all have an answer. And just in case you're not quite sure what your answer is, you can count on your social media, right, Instagram or TikTok or whatever, to supply lots of answers, right? What are some ideas or visions of what the good life is or is like? Well, perhaps one picture of it is a paleo diet uh, with six-pack abs. Uh, the blessed good life is one. Um, Here. You got it? Yeah, here we go. The blessed, I don't have to, you know, describe it too much. You can envision uh, envision it here. The blessed or good life is one in which I I look good and I feel good. And fitness and desirability are key. Or maybe the picture that comes to mind looks like something like uh, Dabo Sweeney. He was the head coach of Clemson football. He's considered the best coach in the country. In the past five seasons, he led the Clemson Tigers to five straight playoff appearances. He won five ACC championships, four national championships games that he, they went to, and they, they won two. And when some think of the good or the blessed life, they literally think of this picture, right? It's a beautiful family, beautiful kids, surrounded by trophies, right, championship rings. I mean, this is the picture of having made it. This is the picture of success. He even says, right, blessed beyond belief, right? Or maybe this isn't the picture that comes to mind. Maybe your vision of the good or blessed life isn't Dabo swimming in trophies, but it's Elon Musk, who's a cultural icon and he's a business tycoon. He's the richest man in the world and he gets to host SNL. I mean, that's the good life, right? This is the picture, perhaps, of having made it. Maybe it's beyond, uh, beyond, not beyond, Beyonce. Trust me, I'm not that old. It's Beyonce on the cover of Vogue. Or it's Drake uh, leaning up against a Lambo, right? That's the picture of the good life, of having made it, of being blessed. Or maybe it's none of these. Maybe the blessed good life conjures up images of exotic travel. It's hot air ballooning in Turkey. It's paddling somewhere in God knows where Alaska. Or it's waking up, you know, to some Icelandic waterfall. Or some combination thereof. I mean, Instagram's really good at this kind of stuff, right? Or finally, maybe it's the vision that comes to mind of a, of a Pinterest-perfect feast in the woods or by the coast. There's actually a company uh, in Portland, Oregon, that puts these on. It's called Secret Suppers, and it's this magical dinner under the lights. And the picture that is uh, evoked here, it's not just something that's beautiful, but it also, I think, expresses, uh, taps into our longing for belonging and to be somehow in the know, right, part of something secret something special. These are, this is not an exhaustive list, but I think it kind of gets the gears turning. We all have an answer to what maybe the good life is and what it's like. And even if our answers don't agree, the point is you have one. You have a vision of what the good or the blessed life is. And every single one of you, myself included, 
is driven either consciously or subconsciously by that vision. Right? We're all chasing after this good life. And that's why most, uh, if not all of you, are here in college. Right? You believe that being here and getting a degree is a critical step towards obtaining that thing, of getting yourself that much closer right, to the good or the blessed life. That's why you're here. I think at the core of these visions is something that's really good and worth affirming. Right? It's not bad to want to be healthy or desirable. It's not bad to want to be successful or secure. Right? Fill in the blank. Free, fun. You want to belong. Right? All those things are good. But is that all there is to it? Right? If you get that thing, is, is that sufficient? I'm reminded of Jim Carrey's speech at the 2016 Golden Globe Awards. It's really funny. You should YouTube this. But Carrey's, <clears throat> Jim Carrey's called right, by the announcer to the podium, to the stage, and he's, supposed, he's there to like, announce who's nominated for like, Best Picture. And he introduces himself this way. He says, thank you. I'm two-time Golden Globe winner Jim Carrey. You know, when I go to sleep at night, I'm not just a guy going to sleep. I'm two-time Golden Globe winner Jim Carrey going to get some well-needed shut-eye. And when I dream, I don't just dream just any old dream. No, sir. I dream about being three-time Golden Globe winning actor Jim Carrey. This is because then I would be enough. It would finally be true. And I could stop this terrible search. Goes on. Right, tongue in cheek, Jim Carrey is saying at the Golden Globes what he's said in other places as well. Saying, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that it's not the answer. Y'all, it's not just that our visions of the good or blessed life are too narrow or myopic. And being so narrow, they exclude large parts of our experience as well. For instance, where does this vision of the good life make room for sickness or setbacks or suffering? Like, how do those things, sickness and setbacks and suffering, fit in this picture that you have of the good life? Do they fit at all? Or do you somehow imagine that you're able to escape the inescapable? We've all lived through 2020. We've all lived through 2021. And if the past two years have taught us anything, is that these things, sickness, setbacks, and suffering, are a normal part of our lives. There's no getting around them. They will find you. And if your vision of the good life doesn't account for that, if it can't make room for those realities... That vision really is an illusion. It's a mirage. And we've all seen the cartoons, right? Like when you chase the mirage, you end up eating sand. It doesn't work. So what you and I need is a better vision. We need a more accurate picture of what the good and blessed life is and is like. I think a picture that acknowledges and even incorporates the brokenness of this world. And at the same time, it's not overwhelmed by it either. I think we need a realistic picture that is at the same time hopeful. 
and inspiring and worth pursuing. And here's where I might sound crazy. I think the Bible actually provides us of that picture. I think the Bible actually gives us an accurate picture of what that good or blessed life looks like. I mean, I say this is where I might sound crazy because it is kind of crazy to think that a book that is over 2,000 years old could paint a picture for you and for me, people living in 2021, of what that life would look like. And it would be compelling. And it would resonate. And not just resonate with us. It would resonate with us as much as it resonated with the original audience, which is like well over 2,000 years old. Like you might not believe that the Bible is true, but you've got to at least give it props if it's able to communicate effectively across the, across the millennia like that and actually give us a vision of a good life that, like I said, is compelling and, and that resonates. I think the genius of the biblical picture lies not only in its simplicity, but also its universality, that it really is able to communicate a picture of the good life, not to a very narrow segment of the population, right, like Drake against a Lambo, Right, but can speak to people of all ages, across the ages, and across the world, like across cultures. Like there's something that's really beautiful and powerful about the image that we're going to look at right now. This is the biblical picture of what the good and blessed life looks like. And it comes to us from the prophet Jeremiah, who wrote around 600 BC. He writes this, and you have this in your handout. Blessed is the man, right? Blessed is the woman who trusts in the Lord. Whose trust is the Lord. He, she, is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green. And it's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. This is the picture of a good or blessed life that the Bible paints for us. It's a life of faith and trust. Here we see that the good or blessed life is not six-pack abs or Dabo's rings or swimming in the Seychelles or leaning against a Lambo. It is a life that looks like a tree planted by streams of water. It is grounded. It is rooted. And though this life will suffer heat and lack, it does not cease to bear fruit. Though it will suffer heat and lack, suffering and setbacks, it is still green. It is not anxious in the years of drought. And we had those. We've lived through them. But it's not anxious in the year of drought, and it continues to bear fruit. Right? Pictured for us here is a life that is not immune from life's ups and downs. It doesn't say, like, you got to somehow exist above the fray. It's in it. It's in the thick of it. But significantly, it weathers storms with strength and poise. Right? Pictured for us here is a life that can bend with circumstances, but isn't going to be broken by them. It's a life that is deeply rooted and connected. And because of those connections, it's alive and well and gives life and wellness to those around it, too. It's a vivid image. And I think deep down inside, this is actually what we want. Right? The kind of life that is pictured here, metaphorically, is really the life that we want. That we would trade in gladly 
our Instagram visions and our, our, our Pinterest perfect visions for this richer, more robust one. But many, I think, don't know where to start. It's like, yeah, that's great. But how do I begin? How could I even, how could I even obtain something like this? And for the next five weeks, I want to answer that question. And I want to do so with a story that Jesus tells himself. The story ends with a field that is full of good fruit. It's a similar vision to what we have here in Jeremiah 17 of a a tree, right, bursting with fruit. We see now in the end of Jesus' story a field that's full of it. But if this is where the vision ends, with fields or trees full of fruit, where that story begins is with a seed. Right? The, the, the good life, the blessed life begins with a seed. And it also begins with a sower. I want to read for the first time this semester the story of the sower, which comes to us from Mark chapter 4. And you can follow along with me, either up here or in your handout. It goes this way. Actually, it's prefaced this way. Jesus begins to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and he sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things and parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, behold, right? look, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path and the birds came and they devoured it. They devoured it. Other seed right, fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. When the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up, and they choked it, and it yielded no grain. But other seeds fell into good soil, and it produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now on the surface, this story that we just heard read is super simple. There's a farmer, there's a sower, there's almost like a Johnny Appleseed-like character who's scattering seed, right, like all over the place. The seed works over here, maybe in this field over here, but it doesn't work Right over there. It bears fruit over here. It doesn't bear fruit like over here in these other places. And as this story is told, I think all of us, if we're honest, we, are, we secretly want to be that good soil. Right? There's, the, there's a genius in the story telling too, like, I hope I'm the last one. I hope that's me. Right? I don't want to be the one that gets eaten by the bird or falls among the weeds. Like, I want to be that healthy Fruit uh, bearing plant, that, that tree, that field. Well, later on, the disciples come to Jesus and they ask him, Jesus, what was that story all about? And he sits down and he explains it to them. I imagine in much the same way that he might be explaining it to you right tonight. He says, I'm the sower. And the seed is my words. The seed is the word of God. That's what the story is about, ultimately. I'm the sower, and the seed is my word. 
It's the words of Jesus. And it's words about Jesus. All of it, right? The word of God. Everything that we would say is contained in the Bible. Ultimately a story. Of how God made a good world. Human beings broke it. But God intervenes. He steps in and says, I promise to save it. And you know what? He's good. He's faithful to his promises. Jesus steps forward and says, I am the fulfillment of all of those promises. This is Jesus' message. It's what he himself preached. This good word, this good news, this good seed is what's sown far and wide. It's what's communicated everywhere. Now, at first glance, seeds don't look like much. The words printed on this paper, the words that are printed on your handout, the words that are written and contained in a book, right, the Bible, it doesn't look like much either. I'll grant that. Seeds at first glance are pretty pathetic. They are, right? They're easy to overlook. They're easy to pass by. Seeds are easy to step over. They're easy to step on. And people do. But despite, despite appearances, seeds are powerful. Consider that the mighty oak is contained in an acorn. The giant sequoias in California, right? They're contained in a pine cone, right? The, the full mustard tree, right? Contained in the tiniest of seeds. Seeds contain all of the DNA of what grows out of it. And the word of Jesus, the word of God, right? The Bible that is on a shelf, maybe in your home, collecting dust. It contains all of the DNA of this good or blessed life. It's all in there. It's all right there. The good life is ultimately a life of faith and trust. And it begins here. It begins with the word of God. It begins with God speaking. This is who I am and this is who you are. This is the world that you are a part of. This is what's gone wrong. This is how it's going to be saved and how you can be part of that process. It begins with him speaking to us. It begins with us listening to what he has to say. And it begins with us learning how to trust. It begins with a seed. But it doesn't just begin with a seed. It also begins with a sower. And I think it's really important that you understand this. You might be desiring a good and blessed life, but it is really good news to you to know that there is a good farmer, a good sower who is equally more so desirous of you. It's not just you who wants something. There is a good farmer sower who wants something too, and that is you, for you to grow healthy and strong and fruitful. A God who is constantly moving towards you and initiating towards you, who is scattering seeds, communicating his word all the time and everywhere. Truly, his word is being communicated all over the world, all over this country, all over this campus, all over your life, across across the days, across your schedule, as you're walking to and from class and going to be with your roommates and waking and sleeping and eating, right? He's fighting for your attention. He has something to say to you. Constantly showering your life with seeds, with words, hoping that something will connect, something will take root, something will grow. This summer, I seeded my backyard with grass. 
This is like one of the most millennial things that my wife and I have done. We actually like ordered grass seed from Instagram and they sent it in a box with like a satellite image of our yard. And it was like, yeah, it's laughable. Like it had a a satellite image of our yard and it was telling us like where to sow our seed. There's a limited amount, right? There's like two bags and I didn't want to waste any, right? There's no sense in throwing the seed where it might not grow. But that is not how the farmer in Jesus' story rolls, right? He throws those instructions and the trash, and he takes a big handful of seed, and he throws it over there, and he takes another big handful of seed, and he throws it over there, all over the place. And for us, looking, we're like, what are you doing? Like, this guy must be a bad farmer. This, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, because doesn't he know that's a path? Doesn't he know that soil's shallow there? Doesn't he know those are weeds? He's stupid. He's wasteful. He's ignorant. Or maybe he's none of those. Maybe he's incredibly generous. Right? Maybe, maybe he's incredibly gracious. And maybe he's really hopeful. Hopeful that against the odds, that actually might take root. And maybe Jesus, right, this good sower, isn't just this way about seeds. But he feels this way towards you. Generous, gracious, and hopeful. The good, the blessed life begins here. It begins with a seed. It begins with a sower. And my hope is that for some of you, the good, blessed life begins in college. Right here at UVM. That this would be the place where you feel like the word of God actually penetrated your life. And it took root. And it grew. And for others of you, I hope that you feel that this is where it continues. That, right, like the sowing and the planting and the cultivating of this life that God has been doing, this is, a, this is good soil for you to continue to, to be nourished and to grow. RUF is a campus ministry where every student is invited to connect with Jesus, to experience his goodness, and to share his love with others. And I and we are very glad that you're here tonight. And I sincerely believe that Jesus, the good sower, is glad that you're here too. My hope for you tonight is that you know is welcome today. My hope for you tonight is that as we eat pizza outside and as we gather in here and we try to break some ice and we listen to God's word and we sing songs, that you would feel seen You'd feel known, you'd feel loved. And I hope that you're going to continue to come back. Uh, Join us next week as we dig a little deeper into this parable and we uncover more and more of its meaning for us today. Before we do that, as we wrap things up and we sing some songs and maybe dig into some more cider dance, let's pray.